morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We have been uh, in this series entitled, Why? Try to answer or at least uh, get some biblical perspective on some of these why questions. And, and some of those why questions, are, there's just so much to try to pack into a, a week. Sometimes we've taken two or three. And so we spent a little bit of time on what is probably the number one question, the, the number one why question. You've probably asked it. You've probably heard some people who have. But the question is this. Why do bad things happen? It's asked all different ways. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? Because people think, well, good things should happen to good people and bad things to bad people. Just That should just be the way it is. Why isn't it the way that I think it should be? And then we, we, we look at some of these other challenges, and, and no doubt you face some challenges, and I face some challenges and hardships, and, and we look at some of these personal things, and we say, well, why did this happen? Why, why am I facing this physical illness or injury? Or why did I lose my job? Why, why is this? Why is that? When we make something personal about us or a family member to say, well, why am I facing something like this? We've got these questions on a, on a national or global level, right? In storms and hurricanes and earthquakes and landslides, we say, why, God? Why did this happen and all of these innocent lives die? When a, when a shooting or when some kind of tragic incident happens and, and there's loss of life, we say, why? And the question that people ask is, it's not just why did this happen. On the flip side of that question is, well, why did God let it happen? And so as we've spent some time together, we've seen people will wonder, well, if God's loving enough and God's powerful enough, couldn't he have stopped X, Y, or Z from happening? That, that's, that's the basic thing. And we spent some time, we'll, we'll do just a little bit of review before we kind of get into uh, this morning's message, but what we saw is, yes, God is a good God. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Scripture after scripture after scripture. He's even better than pizza. That means he's awful good. <laughs> I mean, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is a good God. He is a strong and a powerful God. And there is scripture after scripture about his strength and his might and his power. He's created the world. He's created the universe. He, he calls the stars by name and brings them out one by one. You talk about power, he's got it. But in his power, in his love, in his care, he gives you and I this thing called free will. We've got the opportunity to love and to respond to him in his love. We've also got the opportunity to reject and turn against and hate. And so why are we, why are we facing all these things? Why in the world do some of the bad things happen? What we saw a couple weeks ago was we live in a sinful world. This is a life filled with sin. 
In addition to the sinful world, we've got our own lives of sin in that we sin, we fall, we make mistakes, and many times our sins, our choices, boneheaded decisions, with or without sin, carry consequences. So it's a sinful world, we're a sinful people, and there's a very real enemy Satan, the devil, that Jesus describes as, as a liar. He, he gave his calling card that he, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. So we're in a sinful world under the impact and influence of a very real enemy. And in the midst of all that, there is still the power and the providence of God. God knows and understands all the things that are taking place. And we say, well, in spite of all that, good can come out of it. Romans says that all things work together for good to them who love God and, and are called according to his purpose. And we say, how in the world can good come out of that? We saw last week, we spent a little bit of time looking at the blessings of bad things. Uh, we didn't like that one too well. The blessings of bad things, because you and I, we would rather not have those kinds of blessings we just want blessings blessings of good things followed by even some more blessings but what we saw is even in the midst of difficulty hardship trial god can use those for our good and for our benefit we saw number one bad things can stretch us james says consider it joy <laughs> when you face trials and challenges and hardships of many kinds. You see, we learn endurance and patience when we go through difficulty and hardship and trials. We would rather learn on the easy path, but God teaches us and, and stretches us. So God can stretch us. Secondly, God can teach us. There's things that he wants us to learn and understand, and God allows. Doesn't mean God causes all these things. God can allow, and in the midst of what we're going through, teach us and guide us. And finally, we saw last week, bad things can actually reach us. Maybe you've got a testimony in your life or somebody that you know who... When their life was kind of down and out, at the end of their rope, nowhere else to turn, they turned and looked and reached out for God. God can use even those difficult, hard times to reach us with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So there's a whole lot of factors at work. Why are there bad things taking place in this world? We've, we've Try to look at some of that biblical perspective. What, can, what good can come out of it? We try to look at some of that biblical perspective last week. This morning, I want to spend a little bit of time looking at our response to bad things. Our response to difficulties. Because it's one thing to say, okay, I understand that we're living in a sinful world and that I myself am a sinner and I make some bad decisions and wrong choices and I sin and many times there's consequences. And it's one thing to understand there's an enemy, a very real enemy that's looking to steal and kill and destroy. And we say, okay, in spite of all those things, God can do these positive things. God can stretch me. God can teach me. God can reach me. God can, God can do some of those positives and blessings. 
So now what, pastor? Now what? Give some thoughts. What, what are some of the things that we can do now? This morning, I want to share two simple thoughts. Now, they're simple as in simple to understand, not always the simplest to learn and apply. So how do we respond when tough times come, when tragedy comes in our own life, in a national sense, in a worldwide sense? How ought we to respond? Number one, I believe we must turn to God. Turn to God. Isaiah 45, 22 says, Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Turn to God. That's something that we ought to do, is turn to him. Now, what are some of the things that we tend to do? Because turning to God isn't always our first thought, right? In fact, some of the things that we do that we ought not do is we think, God's out to get me. It's a conspiracy, I tell you. God, God's just, you know, he's, he's ganging up on me, and we, we feel as if the universe is out to get us. God's out to get us. He, he's, he's the big guy in the sky, and he's just going to try to smash us like a bug. Let's not have that thought. Let's, let's not approach that and think as if there's this conspiracy. Let's not, instead of turning to God, sometimes people get bitter. You get bitter and say, all of this has happened. It's, it's going to turn me off towards God. It kind of pushes us away, and we, we get bitter against God. We ought not to get bitter. We ought to turn to God. Sometimes a challenge is that we give up. Ever been there? You felt like giving up. You felt like you, your world was crashing in. There's no way that you could press on, and so you're, you're about to just kind of throw in the towel. Let's not quit. Let's not give up. Understand, we're not alone. Part of that word that we heard this morning, God was encouraging and reminding us, he sees us and he hears us. Many times we feel as if we're alone. Or we feel as if what I'm facing, nobody else is facing. I mean, I know that they're facing some bad things, but you don't know what I'm facing. Anybody ever had the, the case of the poor old me syndrome? Poor old me! Not, not that we're not facing some difficulties, but sometimes we feel as if we're the only ones that's going through this. God sees that. God knows it. And here's as well. God understands and God cares. Sometimes we feel or we think as though God might not care. And so as a result, it encourages us or it, it leads us to giving up. Don't give up. Turn to God. Now, as we turn to God, it doesn't mean that he's going to take everything away from us. That's our path, right? We go through difficulty, we turn to God, we pray to God, and just 
instantaneously, God reaches in our situation and instantly heals, instantly provides, instantly restores whatever that situation is. If you're like me, how many of you say, yes, that's my preferred, that is, you know, my go-to response. God, help it, do it, and do it now. Has God, and can God do that? Absolutely. No doubt you've got some testimonies. You prayed, and you were faced with something, and you prayed, and God did heal, and God did provide, and God did work. But how many of you know sometimes we go through challenges? We go through hardships. We go through difficulties. He's not promised to remove every difficulty out of our path, but he has promised to be with us even in the difficulty. Those incredible verses in Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. You're with me. You care. You know everything about me, everything that I'm facing. So don't quit. Don't give up. Instead, turn to God. He might not remove the challenge. He might not remove that situation. He might not instantly answer that prayer, but know that he is with you in it. He, he might not shield you and, and protect you from absolutely everything facing your way, but he is that shield and shelter for us. Now, we're to turn to God, but here's a, another thing that happens many times. We blame God. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've heard some people, right? They're facing difficulties, and the words are all about, I can't believe God did this, and God did this, and God sent this, and everyone is blaming God for everything that they face. God's not out causing the suffering. God might allow it. God can even use that for his honor and glory. But many people unfairly blame God for everything. I came across this story illustrating that a, a certain preacher and an atheist barber were walking through the city slums. The barber looked around and said, you see, preacher, this right here is why I can't believe in your God of love. If he were as kind as you say, if he were as powerful as you say, he wouldn't permit all this poverty, all this disease, all this uncleanliness. No, he shook his head. I cannot believe in a God who allows these things. The minister was silent as they continued walking together. But they passed by a, a man on the streets who was especially unkempt. His hair was hanging down his neck. He had a, probably a half inch or more of, of stubble all over the place on his face. And the preacher turned to the barber and said, well, you must not be a good barber then. Or you would not permit a man like this to continue living here without a haircut and without a shave. Well, the barber was indignant, mad. He got fired up. He says, well, why blame me for that man's condition? He's never come in my shop. If he would have, I would have fixed him up and I would have made him look like a gentleman. In response, the preacher softly said, 
And don't blame God for allowing people to continue in their evil ways. He too invites them to come in. He too invites them to turn to him. How do we handle hardship? How do we handle difficulty? How do we handle bad times, struggles, and challenges? We're to turn to God, not blame God. Sometimes we... We know maybe the, the right things or the right answers or some of the, the scriptures, but the applying it can be the challenge. Isaiah says, turn to me and be saved. I am God and there is no other. No other. There's no one like God, but we don't always act like it, do we? I mean, he is... He is powerful beyond measure, calling out the stars by name, and yet many times we don't turn to God. We'll turn to many other things. We'll turn to many other people before we turn to God, right? God's the one who can handle it. And yet when we go through difficulties and hardship and, and many people in, in our day and in our culture will turn to anyone and anything to try to solve their solution. Many turn to alcohol. Many, many turn to drugs. Many turn to sex. Many turn to money or spending. What, you name it. And we as a people have turned to it. Right? Oh, this is going to make me feel better. I'm going to turn to this, whatever this thing is. That's not going to help us. That bottle... That's not going to help us. This other individual is not able to help our situation like almighty, all-loving, and all-powerful God. We're to turn to him. He's the one who can do something about our situation. We can call out and cry out to God. We can be honest with him. You read through the word of God, particularly in the book of Psalms. David, who wrote most of those, you read some of these Psalms and you're saying, Whoa! Back up, David. <laughs> Let me get out of your path. I think there's a lightning bolt coming. David sometimes is straight up honest. He's saying, God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm angry. God, I'm mad. God, I don't understand. But he's still reaching out, turning to God. God welcomes our prayers and our discussion. We can turn to him in anything. God's heard it all before. I mean, you might think, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let God have it. Does he know what I'm going through? The answer is yes. We're not going to pull a fast one. We're not going to pull something on God. And he goes, whoa, excuse me. How did that happen? Oh, I'm scratching my head. Now what? Nothing is surprising or, or taking him by surprise. So we can honestly and earnestly and sincerely as Hebrews says, come boldly to the throne of grace. We are to turn to God. You read through the Psalms, sometimes there's a mix of sadness and difficulty mixed with praise and honor and glory in the very same Psalm. David is honestly, he's turning to God. He says, God, I don't know what to do. 
There's a whole bunch of people after me, a whole bunch of enemies after me, but God, I turn to you. I encourage us to turn to God. He sees, he hears, he understands, he cares, he knows what you're going through. Maybe, maybe other people in your family don't quite get it or really understand. Even us as a church body or a church family, we, we pray with you, we talk with you. Maybe we don't know all of what you're facing, but God does. You and I can turn to him. Even in the midst of these challenges and hardships, God is at work. Turn to him, turn to his word. Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Proverbs, a book filled with a lot of wisdom, written a little bit of a, of a father to a son feel in this portion. It's illustrating God's fatherly response to us. He's saying, hey, I'm over here. Turn to me. I've got the answers. I've got the solutions. How many of you as parents, you've experienced that with, with your kids? Maybe your kids have faced a challenging situation, and rather than go to you, they've turned to somebody else. Maybe you did that as a kid, right? Oh, I go to mom or dad. They probably won't know. So maybe you went to a friend, or you went to somebody else. Who's the one who knows you best? Who's the one who loves you most? Your parents. And yet, person after person in the history of mankind, so many of us have turned to somebody else. And God's saying, come to me, turn to me. There's so much to be had in me and in my word. As we read this word of God, there's incredible truths and principles and nuggets for you and for me. Sometimes, yes, God reaches in and God just removes that situation, removes us out of the situation. Many times he's there walking with us through it. What do we do? First of all, we've got to turn to him. Secondly, again, simple in comprehension, difficult in application, trust in God. Isn't it one thing to turn to him and another to trust in him? You know, turning to God, it's kind of starting the process. You know, we, we turn, we look, we approach, we say, hey, God, here's what's going on. Man, it's, it's a challenge to take that situation, even as we were talking about in some of our prayer time just a little bit ago, to take that challenging situation and bring it to him, to give it to him, to submit it to him, to surrender it to him, and say, God, I trust you to surrender the steering wheel of a car to somebody else, to surrender the, the seat that you always sit in to somebody else. Whatever the case might be, it's hard to give and surrender and submit. And God says, don't just look to me. Don't just turn to me and kind of turn away. Trust me. I've got it all under control. My love, my care, my power... Psalm 32.10 says, Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. There's a lot of woes of the wicked. In fact, there's a lot of challenges that we face. 
But how many are out? You want the Lord's unfailing love surrounding and captivating your life. I want that. I've got to trust. Not just turn, not just kind of lip service to say, okay, I'm going to read your word a little bit, and if nothing pops up, then I'm going to turn to somebody else. We turn to God, and then we fully, wholeheartedly surrender and trust in God. God's in control, not you, not me. We can wait on him and trust in him. Trust. Our girls are growing up. They're getting so big, so tall. Doesn't seem like that long ago that they were little girls. Jumping off the steps, saying, catch me, Daddy. Your kids probably did that too when they were little. Jump off the steps, jump off the furniture, right? Many times before you're really aware that they're jumping, they jump and as they're in the air, they say, catch me. As you jumble and fumble and catch the touchdown, right? Why do they do that? There is such wholehearted trust in you as a dad or you as a mom or maybe as a grandpa or a grandma. They love and trust. They know you can do anything. Love to hear those words. My daddy can do anything. If it was relating to fixing things, I'd just smile. <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about, but I'll take it. Hey, well, when, when they're little, they've got such trust in mom and dad. They can do anything. They'll catch me. They'll protect me. It's that kind of childlike faith and trust we ought to have in God. But somehow, we get grown up, right, as adults and feel like we know better. Yeah, I'll turn to God, but it probably, won't, it probably won't happen. Probably won't work. I mean, God does stuff for other people. God probably won't answer my prayers. So sometimes our turning to God isn't really followed with wholehearted trust. It's more kind of lip service. God, I turn to you, but since you're not working, let me find someone who will listen. Let me kind of medicate myself some other way to dull this pain for what I'm experiencing because it's a challenge and it's a hardship and I can't handle it. Principles from God's word say, don't just turn to him. Don't just look to him. Trust. Wholeheartedly trust. We might not always understand, but trust. I know you've, you've had experiences where something has happened. Difficulty or finance or, or physical or maybe a, a loss in a family. We all ask why. I might not know all the under, understanding of why, but I can still trust in a good and a mighty and a powerful God. I don't just turn, I trust. Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust, who trust, who trust in him. God 
God knows everything that you're facing. God sees everything about your life. It's not a surprise to him, so turn to him and trust him. He created us. He created everything about our world. If there's one person who knows the answer, he'd be the one to go to. He doesn't just see what is it that we're facing now. He sees everything even in front of us. It's a story of a man who was flying his small plane above a curvy mountain road. As he looked down, he saw a car cautiously trying to pass a semi as they were weaving around these curves and corners. But the man in the car obviously couldn't see ahead of the semi. There were so many turns, and the semi was so long, he didn't have enough room to see ahead of him to see who was coming in the other lane. He didn't pass. He stayed behind. The pilot in his little plane who was flying overhead, he saw all the curves. He saw the winding road all the way around the mountain. He saw that there were no cars coming probably for a good mile. That car had plenty of time, plenty of opportunity to pass should he want to. But the car, because he couldn't see, didn't. Your life and in my life, we're kind of like that car. We've got a, a big monster semi truck in front of us, and it's, it's filled with challenges and, and hardships, and we're on this windy and curvy road of life, and we're saying, God, I don't know what's ahead. I'm tentative, and I'm cautious, and I don't know what to do, where to turn. It's, it's, like, it's like God saying, trust me. I see the whole path in front of you. I'm, I'm your God who loves and cares and is powerful and I want the best in your life and, and I see everything in front if you just trust. If you simply have that, that childlike trust like you did when you jumped in, in midair, you said, Daddy, catch me. Would you trust me like that again? He says, I know there's hardships. I know there's difficulties. I know there's situations that we face, but trust. I wish I could just sit down one-on-one -on -one with each and every one of you and, and, and have you share your story and me just to say, well, let me tell you five reasons why. I don't have all the answers to your whys, but I can point you to the who and the who is him, the who is God. Would you turn to him, and would you fully and completely trust in him? <laughs>